Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. But uh, I want to just get some stuff off my chest, but even more than that, I believe it's, it's very right and proper that, that I, as your pastor, that I, I just speak some truth into some of what's going on in the United States right now. Um, I know there's been some things that have gone on uh, over the years in the United States of America. We've made lots of mistakes. We have. We've done some things amazingly well. Some called this uh, the great experiment. Because some didn't think we could make it. Some didn't think we could last as a democratic republic. I believe it was Benjamin Franklin who says, he said, you have a, uh, did he say you have a republic, Barry? He said, you have a republic if you can keep it. Because history tells us that folks after a while start to, when they figure out, huh, I can vote people into office, it doesn't matter about their values, but they can give me stuff. It takes people about 200 years to figure that out in a democracy. We're at 244 now this July. Um, and uh, by, by God's grace, because we're a country who's always trusted in God and and there are so many Christians here, God has held us together. But right now we're going through some stuff. I realize the media blows stuff out of proportion. I understand that. Social media does the same. But there's something I want to address. And that is, let me, let me start with this. In the United States of America for a long time now, I would say since the inception of our country, since its beginnings, the church, the church has been the most segregated place in America. You, you know how it is. I mean, it, it's just the facts. You got white churches at times. You got black churches. You got Hispanic churches. You got Korean churches. Folks go where their language is spoken or where their culture is understood. And I'm excited to say tonight that my wife and I have been talking about this, is this church doesn't have to try to be diverse. Praise God. Even on a Wednesday night, I see all kinds of different colors in here. All right? Um, we got white, black, brown, red. I think I, I, I cross over between white and red, depending on the day and the heat. But we've got all kinds of colors. And we don't have to try to be diverse, and we don't have to fake it here. And that's a gift of God. That, that's the mantle of God that was on my parents. And they always just love people. We love people of all color, all shades, all backgrounds, all cultures. And we work it out here. This is the body of Christ. It's going to be this way in heaven. So we got to work on it now. But I will say there's been some injustice done in the United States. Everybody in here knows not all policemen are bad. We know that. I think I have a former police officer in here. And I love policemen, policemen and women. I do. But sometimes, sometimes, and see, here's where the injustice comes in. Sometimes, even in the United States of America, authority is misused. And I just want to tell you right now that God is the God of justice. Not every, not every policeman is bad, and not every person of color right now, or no color, because I know there's whites involved in causing a big mess. There's people of all colors causing a big mess. But then there's innocent people, and there's those of all colors that go to peaceably gather and protest. And then folks turn it into a riot. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Some of the best people I've ever met 
most amazing people I've ever met have been people with skin that was darker than mine. In Africa, in America, Guatemala, places I've gone, Mexico. And then some of the, some of the most wonderful people, I could, just, I could just say that about different colors. And then some of the weirdest people I've ever met have been all colors. And then folks look at me and go, Matt, you have a white face. Yeah, I know. And there's things I've not had to deal with. I've probably been let off the hook because I had a white face. But I've also been treated uh, uh, in a discriminatory, discriminatory ma uh, manner because I had a white face. And as I was a little kid, I didn't speak Spanish. But I was discriminated by people of, discriminated against at times by people of color. But I knew, I knew there was a misunderstanding. I knew it was ignorance. I wasn't raised that way. And I knew that in heaven, we're going to be people of all color in heaven. Every shape, size, and color. As for the bald heads, I don't know if we're going to get hair back in heaven, but there's going to be lots of stuff going on up there. All right? We're going to be in our prime in God's presence. I know that. We will be the best of ourselves because we will be in God's presence. All right? But here's the truth of the matter tonight. Make sure you stay in the Word through this season. Make sure that the enemy does not compel you to have a heart of bitterness about anything. You're going to have some strong emotions. I've got some people close to me that I've talked to about this, and man, there are strong emotions. More than one person has had strong opinions about all this. And I'm not saying any of them have been wrong or right right now. I'm just saying we have strong opinions about it, and we've got to go back to the Word. And we got to, here's the deal. You as believers, it is your job to walk in love. It is your job to walk in love and to do what Jesus said in John chapter 7. He said, look beneath the surface to judge correctly. Because it's easy to jump on one side or the other. And man, here's the deal. We are the people of God. Let's reach out. Let's pray for people. Let's try to understand folks. Because I know, I know. The Lord told, was it the prophet Samuel? He said, man looks on the outward. We do. People look at skin color, and they treat people differently. They look at education. Here, here's an interesting example. I walked into my bank today. I'm not going to say which bank it was. It's my home bank. And uh, it, would you double-check that air? I think it's on, and it's not cooling off, is it? It's just not cooling off tonight. Is it on auto and cool? All right. It's interesting. And I think we got in here too late to turn on the air, hopefully. But I went into a bank today, and it's funny how people perceive because they look on the outward. I walked into my bank, and um, I, I went to get something notarized because it's free there. And I ain't going to pay $5 per notary seal at the UPS store. I'm just not. Liz is smiling because she's like, I ain't going to pay it either, brother man. And I know. I'm like, baby, I told my wife, let's go out of our way. We, I'm not paying $10. That's, what is that, four gallons of gas? I don't know. <laughs> so we walk into the bank. And I go in, and they've got masks on, and they're handing out masks. And I was like, oh, I ain't wearing masks. Well, the president of the bank walks up. He's like, hey, Matt, how's it going? And he's talking to me, and he has a mask on, and it's just an interesting situation. We're talking about everything's going on. And I said, oh, I'm here for a notary. And the young lady there, she says, oh, so-and-so's coming to notarize your stuff. And the, and the president goes, why don't you come with me to my office, and we'll just notarize it in there. He knows me. And I thought, okay, that sounds great. But it's interesting about how people perceive, because I'm walking through the bank, I'm wearing really light-colored, dingy jeans, some old boots, 
But I had on, I dressed it up a little. I had on a polo shirt and a white hat, which is getting dirty. But I walked in the bank with the president. I don't think much about that. I just like people, and they like me most of the time. I have favor with people. But it was interesting. Some of the workers kind of looked at me like, does he have money? No, but I saved $10 by coming here. So I have $10, and I'm going to use it on something else. Folks look on the outward. Did you know I've heard stories and I've seen this actually happen where people get disrespected because they didn't dress just right, but they had a lot of money. And they take their business elsewhere. Also, I know firsthand of a story, someone who knew the guy or, or knew someone who worked at a bank. When I was a teller and I was receiving training at a bank, a guy walked in a bank to rob it. He walked in a bank. But the problem was everybody noticed him, and he, he said later, he said, I would have robbed that bank, but everybody, it's like they were trying to sell me the place. They looked me in the eye, they shook my hand. Well, that's great, but the problem with that was everybody was going to recognize him, huh? So he walked out of the bank, went down the street to somewhere that no one would even hardly look at him. He said, these eight people ain't going to re remember me, and he robbed it. They said, why didn't you rob the first bank? He said, they were so nice. They were looking at me. He said, I knew they remembered me, but I almost felt guilty. So I left. And he wasn't dressed great or anything. So remember, Scripture says there have been those who have entertained angels unaware. I've dealt with some people, and I, I'm not going to give you the de details tonight, but I've dealt with a few people in my lifetime, and I never saw them again, and no one ever saw them again, and they vanished. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if they were angels or they were just made a quick getaway but they were people of different colors. People that would show up to help, and I've heard stories like that from my family. So here's my point. No matter how people look, in this house, and I believe in your lives, we're going to honor God by loving and honoring His creation. Not all of America believes the same way I know that. Is there racism in America still? Sure. Is there ignorance and prejudice? Sure. But that's not you. That's not me. You as believers, you've decided to serve God. Like the song says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. You're going to follow Jesus. His kids are all kinds of different colors. So we do need to be educated on the issues, but we need to be careful. We need to be careful what, where we absorb our information from. And that's why it's so important that you're here on a Wednesday night, here in God's Word, okay? Does anybody have any questions tonight? I can't imagine that you would. All right. I love you guys. I know that we're called to be together. This is not an accident, that we have a diverse church. It's funny, Pastor Jen said this, and it's so true. She says, we don't talk about being diverse here. We just are. We just are. All kinds of backgrounds and looks and styles. And Oh, it's because you're located over there. No, that's not it. A lot of churches are not diverse. Look around you. They're not. This is a gift from God, and we honor God for that tonight. And I'm praying for you and your families. And you know what? I'm, plan I'm praying for my black brothers and sisters who have been felt mistreated and felt misunderstood through all of this. I know there's different sides to this story, but I love you and I'm praying for you. And you hang in there. And, and you're going to get through this because God's people are all colors. All right? And I pray for everybody who's been misunderstood or treated bad because of their color or the way they looked or they didn't dress just or smell just right. I bet I didn't smell very good at the bank today, but I stayed about three feet away, not six feet. I just didn't want them to smell me. I'd just been working.
but I had on a nice shirt, you know. So let's get into God's word, all right? Back in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to read through this prayer together, and then we're going to go straight on to verse 15 after we read through this, okay? Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. And let's personalize this, okay? Get ready. On the count of three, we're going to start with we ask God, and you're going to say, I ask God to give me complete knowledge of his will. You personalize the prayer. We're going to pray it together, okay? You ready? One, two, three. I ask God to give me complete knowledge of his will and to give me spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way I live will always honor and please the Lord, and my life will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while I will grow as I learn to know God better and better. Verse 11. I also pray that I will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so I will have all the endurance and patience I need. We need that, right? May I be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled me to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. He has rescued me from the kingdom of darkness and transferred me into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased my freedom and forgave my sins. What a powerful prayer in Jesus' name. So tonight, let's go to verse 15. We're going to get past verse 14. Finally, Christ is the visible image. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Have you noticed, you talk to people about God and folks will tell you, you know what, you, you believe in God, that's great. God is who you think, you know, they'll tell you crazy stuff. God is who you think he is. That's your God. That's between you and him. Or, and they'll even tell you that's between you and her. I've heard people say some crazy stuff. You know, you just worship the God that you think and that's fine. And that's very constitutional here in the United States, freedom of worship. But this scripture says, it's talking about Jesus, it says he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. That tells me there is one God with a capital G, and he is the God of the Bible. Verse 16, for through him God created everything. We're in Colossians 1.16. Colossians 1.16, please. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realm and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Verse 17, he existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. That is powerful. Now let's go to John chapter 1. We're going to read one through verses 1 through 5, and I believe we're going to read verse 14. So John chapter 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. This is talking about Jesus. When God said, let there be light, Jesus was there. And People say, man, it's a mystery. How could he be one God, but he's one in three and three in one, but he's just one God. And it's interesting because you look at the Hebrew word for one, when used to describe God, I don't want to misquote the word in Hebrew. There's a word in my mind, but I'm not sure that's the right word. It's one of two words. But the word that the Hebrews used, and it's always mystified them. It's one, but at the same time, it's a plural of one. Isn't that interesting? 
And we know that we know we understand that. See, there's rabbis out there that are still struggling, going, why, why, why has God mentioned that? We know He's one. Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one God. But why are some Hebrew words that describe God? Why are they plural of one? Like the word Elohim. It's more than one, but at the same time, it's one. Okay, so. Jesus was there at the beginning. When God said, let there be light, that is Jesus, all right? That is, that is God. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was, this is powerful, look at this. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. There's a lot there. You need to go back and look at this. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created. Isn't that powerful? And His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. One translation says the darkness comprehended it not. The darkness can't, it can't even understand the light completely. It does, there's no way to put it out. It said, man, you can light a light bulb in a dark room, and that light bulb doesn't struggle. It just lights up. You say, it's not very bright. Yeah, but it's noticeable. In a pitch black room, you see a light bulb if it comes on, or a candle. Look at verse 14. So the Word became human, this translation says. Some translations say flesh. The Word became flesh and made His home among us. Wow. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Hmm faithfulness that's powerful my bible here says that that can also be translated as instead of faithfulness grace and truth and we have seen his glory this is the apostle john writing we have seen his glory the glory of the father's one and only son amazing so god has always existed in the person of his word all right so in the beginning, the book of beginnings, Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. It talks about, if you look at it closely, there's God the Father, there's God the Son because the Word was spoken, and then it talks about the Holy Spirit, and the, the Holy Spirit moved upon the face of the deep, right? So that's powerful. God has always existed. And right now, though, for this discussion, we're talking about Jesus. You can talk about God with people once again, you can talk about, uh, you know, I, I, I worship God. Oh, okay, and everybody's cool. And then you start talking about Jesus, and people start getting a little more nervous. Then you start quoting Jesus, and they get a little more nervous. And then you say, yeah, Jesus died for our sins, and they become the most nervous. Because sin is not a hot topic for people. It's not a fun topic. They don't want to go there. You don't just bump into people, and they go, yeah, you know what? Let's talk about my sin. No. It's offensive to a lot of people to say, sin? What are you talking about? Truth is what I make it. Oh, really? But then you want the truth told in court cases, huh? You want, and I talked to a, a dear friend about this last night. We want judges to tell the truth. We want police officers to tell the truth. We want authority figures to tell the truth. We want them to walk in truth. But then some folks get a little funky about religious things and spiritual things, and they go, well, truth is what you make it. Uh-huh. That's dangerous because there's folks saying, this is true for me, that's true for you, and they're canceling each other out. And there is no, you need a higher power for truth, and that's God, and that's his word, all right? 
Verse 17, he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. That is more amazing than it even looks on the surface. He existed before anything else. We're in Colossians 1.17. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation to get Colossians 1.17. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. That's more true than you know because Scripture says, God said in the beginning, He said, let there be light. That is God's word, right? Let there be light. He was speaking. When He said that, the fabric of all creation began and it was all hinged and all attached to and all based on His very word. I've talked to you about this before, that on the quantum level, quantum physicists now say that beyond the molecular level, there's a subatomic level, and down to the, you just can't see it anyway, but they said, what is that? What, is, what are atoms? Well, they're energy, and what is the energy? They said it's like code, it's words. Well, it's his word holding everything together. How on earth are we all in one piece, and our molecules are vibrating right now? We're made up of all these different molecules. How does that make any sense? But at the same time, how is light both a wave and a particle? The mystery of God. Jesus is, he was all human, but he was all God. Isn't that amazing? And once again, verse 17 says, he existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Another verse in Scripture in the epistle says, he upholds everything by the word of his power. Everything is sustained by his word. Look at verse 18. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. Oh, that's beautiful. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. He got up from the grave and he stayed alive forever. You ever heard of anybody doing that? Because people will even look in Scripture and say, hey, but... You know, back in the day, someone touched Elijah's bones and they rose from the dead in the Old Testament. And then we say, oh yeah, well Jesus raised others from the dead like Lazarus. And then the widow of Nain, there was a funeral ceremony and Jesus raised her son from the dead. That They came back to life. Yeah, but you think they got to live forever in that moment? No, they eventually had to die. Jesus, once he got up out of the grave, he lives forever. Verse 18, let me read it again. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. Some, some translations say the firstborn of all creation. So he is first in everything. God's already first, but we have to put him first in our lives. There's a verse, I believe it's in Philippians, says, eventually every knee will bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Demons, Humans, everything, anything that can talk is going to bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's already, I, I heard a song years ago said, man, he's already Lord. Why don't you just confess now? You're, you're going to have to one day whether you want to or not. Say, man, that's unjust. No, actually, that's justice. The same God who gave you life, it's amazing to me that God gave us life. The Hebrew word for the breath of God is ruach, the Spirit of God. He breathed life into us in the Garden of Eden, and we've had life ever since. 
through our ancestors. And then now you say, well, my parents gave me life. Who do you think gave them the ability to create life? The creator. He creates life. Nothing else can create life. You look in a situation where even where you see someone being born or someone conceived, and it's the most, va- it's the most amazing miracle you've ever seen if you've looked into that. All the conditions can be right, and it doesn't happen. But then you have the God of the universe who says, no, this is life, and I put my hand on it. It's amazing. Only God. Only God. Only God. He is first in everything, so you might as well confess it now, right? Might as well put him first now. Verse 19, for God in all his fullness, this is powerful, was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. Do you know the word reconcile? A lot of folks, we don't reconcile our bank, bank statements anymore, do we? Some of y'all are in here old enough to remember and say, man, I've got to reconcile my bank statement. That's balancing your checkbook. Now you can balance your checkbook without having a checkbook every moment of every day. You get online, if there's an internet connection, you go, okay, that cleared, that cleared, that cleared. My available balance is $1.23. And I have a bill that's going to hit tomorrow for $2 on PayPal. I need to put 77 cents in there. And I know, we, let's be real. Come on. Some of y'all are like, I always have cushion in there. And so that's more Dave. I mean, Dave Ramsey, I think he said, leave a $100 cushion in your account. Get cash. Put the rest there. Pay this off. And that's great. God bless him. You want to live like that. But I know sometimes we operate, it's almost some folks operate moment by moment. Say, what are you doing? Man, I'm checking my bank account. It's too easy to look at, right? You got that app on your phone? Wait, what? $15, I had $150 in there yesterday. What cleared? Are they robbing me? You know? Reconcile. Reconcile, all it means back in the day when you were balancing your checkbook, you made sure everything was right. Outstanding checks, what's cleared, what hasn't cleared. I hate writing checks anymore. Y'all just need to know that. Checks, man, that they have their place. But I, people say, do you, have any, do you have a check? I'm like, a check? We have one check for emergencies. They charge us for checks at the bank. I got, I'll get you cash, right? But reconcile, all it means is, back in the day, I'm going to make sure my bank account is right. So this verse says, and through him, through Jesus, God reconciled everything to himself. Through Jesus, he made everything right. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. How could he do that? Man, it's just God. I don't understand it all. I know a lot about what he did on that cross, but I don't understand it all. And I still don't know everything he did on that cross, even in the spirit realm. He did some stuff. That God, may God give us a revelation in our lifetime, but we will not know all that till we get to heaven. Y'all got people in heaven now that know. Your Thea, my mom, my grandparents, my uncle and aunt, and different people that have gone to be with the Lord, they know now. Scripture says they will know even as they are known. That, that's going to be amazing. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Verse 21. This includes you who were once far away from God. Is that all of us? Interesting phraseology there. We were all far away from God at one point. He said, man, yeah, but I was born, and then a few years later I accepted Jesus, but then you were far away from God. Scripture says we're conceived in sin. But my parents were married. They were Christian. They were this, that, and the other. No matter what, humans are conceived in sin. 
Their DNA has fallen, and they need a blood transfusion from the Lord, okay? This includes you who are once far away from God. You were his enemies, not anymore. Somebody say, not anymore. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. What an honor. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. It's like you never sinned. Somebody in here needs to hear that. Even we as believers, sometimes we struggle with condemnation. Do you know what condemnation is? It's a, that's a Bible word for guilt. There is no condemnation for God's people. You're doing your best to walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh. There's no condemnation for you. We've all been there. I've made mistakes and just about beat myself up over it and just felt guilty and bothered. No, you give that to the Lord. You confess your sins, and He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You are holy and blameless as you stand before Him without a single fault. Could we put up verse 23 there, Micah, if you don't mind? That was not in the lineup. That is my fault. We're going to give them a moment to put that in there. Ooh, fast. Verse 23, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Is that powerful? Continue to believe. You know, people sometimes say, well, I believed. God did a great work in me before I believed. And I, Wait, you don't believe now? People are more apt to believe CNN or Fox or MSNBC or some of these crazy news networks, they will believe that over God's Word so quickly. They'll believe social media, start a rumor on there. Mm -mm. Get back to God's Word. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. What's the good news? That's the gospel, and that is Jesus saves. Jesus saves. You can confess and believe, live a life of faith on earth, and die and go to heaven one day. I'm, I, I'm not trying to prophesy or anything. This is just the facts. But Jesus could return in our lifetime. The world is getting wild. That's not to scare anybody. No, you, your faith is intact. You're going to be okay. God Hasn't God taken care of you thus far? Keeps taking care of you. Your baby's doing good. Your baby's doing good. Did y'all plan that? How, how far apart are your babies? Nine months. And, and are, are they male or female, the babies? The, the primas are nine months apart. That's cool. And they're practically twins. No, I'm just kidding. Just wanted to see what you'd say to that. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world. And this is the Apostle Paul writing this. He said, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Guess what? You have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it as well. Jesus said, go into all the world. Some of you have had the privilege of going to different countries to preach the word, sing the word, do all kinds of stuff, serve the word. Some have said, man, I haven't left the United States. Yep, but it is your special privilege as God's servant to be able to proclaim the word and share your faith wherever you go, wherever you live. All right? You're called to do that. Let me read verse 23 again, the first part. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away. Don't drift away. Don't let anything come between you and God. 
Nothing. Maybe we'll talk about that next week, Romans chapter 8. Nothing can separate you from God's love. But it's interesting how Romans chapter 8 doesn't mention us. People can reject God's love, right? But you accept his love and you say, no, I believe, that's it. Nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing. Say, man, I'm just worried the situation's going to pull me away from God. No, that's up to you and God. You say, I'm not going to let anything pull me away from God. You stay in his word. You stay faithful. Let's pray tonight. Finally got through my text in Colossians. Took me about a month, it feels like, but let's pray. Lord, we worship you tonight. We bless, worship, and praise the mighty name of Jesus. Scripture says Jesus has been given the name above all names. The Deliverer, the Savior, the Redeemer, the Author of Life, the Author and the Finisher of our faith, Champion of the Universe. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. If there is anyone at the sound of my voice who would say, man, Pastor Matt, I'm just not right with God or I've never been right with God, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Go ahead. Everybody in this house, just go ahead and repeat this prayer with me too. It'll help me along and it'll help those watching live or listening to the audio later. Go ahead and say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I believe and I confess that Jesus is my Lord and Savior and He was raised from the dead after dying on the cross for me. Save me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to pray this over you tonight. You just agree in prayer with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Father, I speak wisdom over your people. They're here on a Wednesday night, not by accident. They're not tuning in by accident. No accidents in your kingdom, God. This is not accidental or coincidental. It's a divine appointment. And Lord, I pray that you give your people wisdom on Facebook as they travel this summer, if they travel, as they go around town and see people, as they engage in discussions. Sometimes it feels like debate with people. Give your people wisdom, Lord. Cause them to always put you first and put the right words in our mouths. You told your disciples, don't even worry. When you fall under persecution or get into a tight spot, you told your disciples, Lord, don't worry. You don't even have to prepare or plan what you're going to say. I'll give you the words to speak. I will give you wisdom. God's going to take care of it. But I declare in Jesus' name, you are blessed. You are safe. But beyond safe, you feel safe. God, let your people feel you're the security of you in your word tonight. Regardless of what's going on in the nation, we know that we are now part of an unshakable kingdom. You, you promised in your word that everything will be shaken. Everything will be shaken, God. And we, we respect it. We see it. We know it because you said it. And right now things are being shaken. But we thank you because you have given us an unshakable faith in an unshakable kingdom. You are the unshakable God. Give your people courage, wisdom, and boldness and a desire to serve you like never before. And God, a desire to pray. We thank you. And we worship you tonight. In Jesus' name.